Got people all over the world don't believe in God. There's no God. There's no God. Some people say, well, there is a God, but he's not really involved. He started us all the Big Bang thing, but he's you know, he not, he not, he not involved in the day-to-day activities of my life. And yet some people say, oh, no, no, there is a God. I have a relationship with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that he's the pilot, and I know we're going to be okay. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 121. Psalm 121 verse 1 begins with David looking up to the hills. Everybody say the hills. Now these hills, I just want you to know when David wrote this, and I'm trying to just get your arms around this chapter, this was 3,500 years ago. And David writes this psalm for those of us facing problems to let you know that sometimes you go through a time where your problems can't be solved by the hills. Look what he says in verse 1 again. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And then he answers that question in verse 2. Look at it carefully. He says, not the hills. He said, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of the hills, the maker of the heaven and the earth. David knew that God had created every star. David knew that God had created every flower. David knew that God had created every person. David knew that God had created every mountain. And David knew that God had created every hill. And so with that in mind, he says in Psalm 121, verse 1, going back over it, he says, I lift mine eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? Verse 2, verse 2, not the hills. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the hills. He's saying to you and to me, ladies and gentlemen, look look past the hills. Look above the hills. Look over the hills. Look, look beyond the hills. Don't look to the hills. Look to the maker of the hills. David says, whenever you find yourselves in the valley, down in the valley, when you ever get to the point where you're down in the valley, down, 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 down in the valley, where you're living in the shadow of death is over you. What are you going to do? This is all in Psalm 23, verse 4, when you live down in the valley, down in the valley of the shadow of of death. I mean, this is it. You're going through the valley, the valley of the shadow of death. You can't even, when you're down in the valley, what are you going to do? You You can't even see the hill, let alone get to the hill. No hill can help you when you're down in the valley of the shadow of death. 
What are you going to do when you're down in the valley? You can't even see the hill. He answers that in the same verse when he says, when you're down in the valley of the shadow of death, here's what you need to remember. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Because there's some problems you're going to face that the hills can't solve. And all God's people said. So there's three things that he promises. Number one, write this down. The first promise is for your feet. And all God's people said. So there's three things that he promises. Number one, write this down. The first promise is for your feet. Look at verse 3, the very first line. It says, he will not let your foot slip. Everywhere we turn, we see people slipping. Politicians fall. Pastors fall. School teachers fall. Everybody seems to be slipping and falling. Anybody can fall. Anybody can stumble. Anybody can slip. And yet this verse in Psalm 121 verse 3 appears to be saying that God won't let you slip. God's guarantee to not let your foot slip is true if, if, if you're walking on the right path. But if you decide to go live on another path and you go decide to intentionally live against the will of God and you're going to go choose a different path than the God has in store for you, then God doesn't have a guarantee for you. The guarantee to not let your foot slip is if you're walking on the right path. Samson! Where are you going? Well, I'm going over to Delilah's house. Well, Samson, God can't keep your foot from slipping if you're on the way to Delilah's house. Lot, where are you going? Well, I'm going to Sodom. Well, Lot, God can't keep your foot from slipping if you're on your way to Sodom. Jonah, where are you going? Well, I was supposed to be going to Nineveh, but I got this ticket on this ship. I'm going down to Tarshish. (laughs) God can't help you if you're on your way to Tarshish. He's not going to keep you from getting in trouble. He's not going to keep your foot from slipping. Prodigal son, where are you going? Oh, I got my dad's money. I'm going into the far country. I, I got some plans. God can't keep your foot from slipping if you're on the way to the far country. But I'll guarantee you this. If you decide today to get on the right path and start to honor God with your life, and from this day forward you're going to stay on that straight and narrow path and do whatever God's called you to do, There's the guarantee of God that he will not let your foot slip. Even though all around you people will be slipping and sliding, your feet will be sure because that is the promise in Psalm chapter 121. Secondly, he's got a promise for our sleep. He got a promise for our feet and he's got a promise for our sleep. I want you to look at the end of verse 3. It says... He will not let your foot slip, but he who watches over you will not slumber. And if you look in your Bibles in verse 4, it says, Indeed, indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor 
sleep. How many of you, raise your hand, you have trouble sleeping everywhere except church? Raise your hand. (laughs) How many of you do not have trouble sleeping? You go to bed, you lay down, you just go right to sleep. Raise your hand because I don't like you. If you're sitting next to that person, would you just elbow them for me right now? Just personally, for the pastor. Say, this is for the pastor. You know why we have trouble sleeping? Usually it's caffeine or sugar. You know, we ate that bowl of ice cream after dinner, right before bed, or something we ate. Sometimes we don't sleep because we have a guilty conscience. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. You do something wrong, you're laying there in bed, you're thinking about what you did that day. And in that case, honestly, I I hope you don't sleep. In fact, I pray, God, let let them just stay awake all night and just toss and turn loose. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. Oh, I've prayed that for my kids, let me tell you right now. Lord, I don't care where they are, Lord, but don't let them sleep tonight, Lord. Let them toss and turn because... We have that conscience, and, that, and God put that in us to disturb us. But the main reason why most of us don't sleep is because we're worried. We're stressed out. There's something we got to fix. There's something we got to solve. Uh, we just can't turn our mind off because the next day's coming, and we know it, and we got to fix it. And really, honestly, when you're in that state, what you're really saying is, God, look, I know you're a big God, and I know that you can solve a lot of problems, but these problems, I, I have to solve these. So I'm going to stay up and think about them. I want you to look at the rest of this uh, chapter. I'm going to put it all on one slide. This is verses 3 through 8. Now, I just read to you verses 3 through 4 that he never sleeps, he never slumbers. And you can see that he's your shade in verse 5. He's this shade over you in verse 6. It says, the sun will not harm you by day or the moon uh, by night. And down there in verse 7, it talks that he will keep watch over you and, and, and keep you from all harm. Now, There's one phrase in there five times. I want to go to the next slide. I just highlighted. It's the same word. It's the same phrase. It's not in there once. It's not in there twice. It's not in there three times. If you have your own Bible, you might look for them in circles. It's in there five times. Now, once, once would have been enough. But for some reason in this psalm, Psalm 121, God tells us over and over and over again through the psalmist, he wants you to know something. It's not once, it's not twice, it's not three times, it's not four times, it's five times. It's over and over and over and over again that God in heaven is watching over you. In other words, you don't need to worry about all the things you're worried about. There's no need you staying awake and tossing and turning all night long. When God never sleeps, he's up 24-7, never does he sleep, and never does he slumber. They used to have this, this Indian tribe, and this is true. When the little boys turned eight years old, they had this ritual where the eight-year-old boy becomes a man at eight. And they would shove the little kid out into the wilderness, and he had to spend the night, spend the day, and spend the night on his own. And so it's okay during the daytime, they, you know, the boy's kind of trained. He's got he's to find something to eat, and he's got to build him a little uh, tent there of some sort. And then uh, nighttime comes, and he's got to start a fire by himself. This is how he becomes a man. And he starts that fire because Indians believe that at night was when all the evil spirits came out. That's what they were taught. 
And so here's this eight-year-old boy laying by himself in the middle of nowhere by a fire that he has started. He's got to get through that in order to become a man. And what the little eight-year-old boy doesn't know is that his big, tall, strong father is right around the corner hiding behind a bush with a bow and arrow drawn just in case during the middle of that night any animal or someone would come and try to hurt that boy, that father, that warrior father comes around that bush and takes care of the danger on behalf of that boy. And that boy doesn't even have a clue when he's laying there half, you know, half scared to death all night long. And you see, that's exactly what it means when God is watching over us. You don't need to stay up and worry and fuss and fret and worry about what's going on tomorrow because God is not going to sleep. You go ahead and sleep. He created you to sleep. You go ahead and sleep, and God's going to take care of whatever he needs to take care of on your behalf. Anything bad's going to happen, God's going to take care of it. And number three, he's got a promise for your feet, a promise for your sleep. And number three, he's got a promise that he will keep promise he will keep. Down in verse 7 it says, the Lord will keep. Say the word keep. There it is. It rhymes with sleep. The Lord will keep you from all. Oh, say the word all. Love that word. From all harm. He will watch over your life. Now stay with me as Dr. Jerry Taylor says, somebody help me now. (laughs) The word keep is what a rich man does with his treasure. He keeps it. That's how they got rich. You spent all yours. He saved all his. He doesn't leave it on a table. He doesn't spend it foolishly. He keeps it in a safe. He keeps it in a bank. He keeps it in a safe deposit box. And he, he looks over it. Even if he invests it, he, does, he still looks at it every day. And why does he do that? Because his treasure is valuable to him. And it's the same word when it says that the Lord keeps us. It's the same word as a rich man keeping his money because God is keeping watch over you because you are valuable to him. You are special to him. The word keep is also the same word that's used to describe what the eyelid does to the eye. The eyelid keeps the eye. If some foreign matter gets into the eye, the eyelid immediately closes. It's, a, it's an automatic reflex, and, and the tears begin to flow to get that foreign object out of your eye because it's the eyelid's responsibility to keep the eye. And the psalmist says in Psalm 17, verse 8, that we are the apple of God's eye. The eye is the most sensitive part of your whole body. I mean, you ever try to poke your eye? I mean, I mean, it's the most sensitive part of your whole body, and the eyelid's job is to protect the eye. And I want you to know that you are the most sensitive thing to God on this, in this world. You mean more to Him. You, he loves you. He's going to care for you. He's going to provide for you. And according to the Word of God, He's going to keep you. As we close, look at those last two verses one more time. Verse 7 says, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Now, don't, don't just skip over verse 8. This might be the best verse in the, whole, in the whole chapter. The Lord will watch over your coming and your what? Wherever you go, He's watching over you. Both now, say the word now. Now, now and 
for how long? Forevermore. Can you name me one hill that can take care of you now and forever? Uh Uh-uh. There is no hill. There's no medicine. There's no drug. There's no government. There's no person who can take care of you now and forever. The only person, the only thing, the only entity that can take care of you now and forever, not the hill, it's the maker of the hill. Max Lucado tells a story about a plane that's getting ready to take off and there's three passengers, passenger in seat A, seat B, and seat C. And they're having a discussion. They're talking about the pilot. The guy in seat A says, I don't even believe there is a pilot on this plane. What? The other two people said, yeah, there's no pilot on this plane. His door's always shut. They say he's in there, but I don't think he's in there. You've seen these drones, haven't you? These planes that fly by themselves. That's what the government, they do that, you know. I believe that's what there's going on in the plane industry. You know, they're trying to save money. They're charging us for luggage and stuff. They can't, they're going broke. They got these planes. There, there, there's, no, there's no pilot in there. This thing flies itself. It's, all, it's, it's modern technology. Guy in seat B says, I, I think there's a pilot in there. But I think he just... You know, he's got to do some things to get us off the ground. And as soon as we get up there, I think he pushed the autopilot. And I think, I think he's up there playing checkers all day. And what's he doing up there? I'm back here eating his little bag of peanuts. He's up there probably drinking coffee and having a nice meal. And, but he's probably, he's probably up there maybe even sleeping up there. You know, they got a place up there. Those guys can sleep now. Lady over here in seat C, she looks at us. She goes, you guys are crazy. There's a pilot up there. He's well-trained. He's been to school. I'm sure he's sensitive because he cares about his life as much as he cares about ours. He's a good pilot. Yes, there's a pilot. The reason I know this is because he's my husband. (laughs) He's my husband. Guy in seat A goes, oh, I don't believe that at all. There's no, look at the door shut. There's no pilots, all automatic. Guy in seat B says, well, he's up there, but he's disengaged. And the lady keeps saying, no, no, he's up there. He's a very caring person. He went well-trained. He went to school. He's flown forever. He's my husband. I have a relationship with him. About 20 minutes later, turbulence. (laughs) What is the guy in seat A saying? Oh, no! We're going to die! There's no pilot up there! The guy in CB is going, oh, somebody wake the pilot up! He's in there! He just got, he's, a, he's asleep! He's asleep! Somebody wake him up! And the lady over here, she's going, no worries. My husband's got this under control. That's exactly what's going on today in our world. Got people all over the world don't believe in God. There's no God. There's no God. Some people say, well, there is a God, but he's not really involved. He started us all the Big Bang thing, but he's, you know, he not, 
He's not, engaged, he's not involved in the day-to-day activities of my life. And yet some people say, oh, no, no, there is a God. I have a relationship with His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that He's the pilot, and I know we're going to be okay. I got a brother, he's half crazy, but he wrote something on his Facebook today. He said these words. He says, if God, if God is your co-pilot, you need to switch seats immediately. <laughs> God is not your co-pilot. God is the pilot of your life and my life. Let's stand and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father. How foolish we must look after you spoke and created the universe and somehow, somehow we got people today that don't even believe you exist. God, I pray for every single person in this room that they will know that there is the creator God of the universe. The Bible begins in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And everything in this world belongs to you, O God. And for those of us that have a relationship with you, those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, when the trials come, when the difficulties come, we look not to the hills of life, we look to the maker of the hills, the Lord God, the creator God of the universe. Therefore, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be afraid of. And today I just pray, God, that you would bring comfort and remind us as you did over and over and over and over and over again that you are watching over us, that you are watching over us, that you, oh God, are watching over us. You will not let our feet slip. You will allow us to sleep at night. And you will keep us both now and forevermore. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchor Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. 
The Anchored Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchored Journal today. Hi everyone, my name is Derek Lopez and I'm one of the youth pastors here at Shepherd Church. And at Shepherd Church, we have something called Shepherd Youth, which is specifically for our middle schoolers and our high schoolers. And one thing that we would love to provide for you and your family is a thing called D-Groups. And D-Groups are life groups designed specifically for 6th to 12th graders. And so if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, we highly recommend putting your student in this. Why? Because it's a great way for your students to be known, seen, and loved. Students at D-Groups will spend time in worship, and a short Bible lesson followed by a discussion with their community of other students and an adult mentor. They meet every Wednesday during the school year at our Porter Ranch and Simi Valley campuses. If you're interested, go ahead and visit our website, shepherdyouth.com slash dgroups for more information. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.